And good evening, and draw. welcome to Driving Mall for our post-match reaction. Got that right today. <laughs> of the Hurricanes-Chiefs game that's just finished. Um, you're joining NZ Fatso, and I'm also joined by Herman. Herman, how are you doing today? How are you today? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm, well, had a bit of a rough day, so enjoy, enjoy watching the rugby and now uh, having a bit of a chat about it. Hope you've had a good day. Yeah, it is, and I agree with you. That's proper therapy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Once they did rugby, have it. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll crack on into it. Um, as as sure. then, I, I suppose, um, just as a, as a start off, as uh, games go in the New Zealand Conference, maybe not living up to the standards that we used to. Um, had its patches and its moments, but a pretty scrappy affair at times. Um, little bit. I, I wouldn't be as harsh as you are, but I think we're definitely a case that, uh, especially from media, that some we're sometimes overhyping the, the quality of New Zealand rugby. Like it's always best, best, best. But to be fair, it still is the best. But sometimes they can could be a little bit better. If, but they did actually say in the end, like oh, Broder Italic didn't really have his best night. I was even surprised. Oh, <laughs> and to be fair, he was he was not his own, his usual self today. No, he wasn't, and we'll have a chat about that a bit later too. Um, okay. First, first, first moment of the game, I thought I thought was um, very early on. I think within the third minute of the game, Nathan um, Damien McKenzie, beautiful ball to Nathan Harris down the uh, left hand wing, um, and uh, he dummies to Almalo on the outside and takes the tackle. And I think if it was yeah. uh, shoveled on, it's try time. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, but. To be fair, I think we bombed a few tries today with Chiefs. Yes. Yeah, like, they did. The yes. uh, scoreline is not really fair on them at all. They could, yeah, they get a little bit frustrating with Chiefs. I mean, when we play, when we play against Crusader, it was a blow up score in the end, but they were really in that game until that yellow card in the end. And it's, it's again, again, against Hurricanes now, the second like top New Zealand side. They're really in it. So, yeah, we predicted last week that the Chiefs are probably like the dark horse for the playoffs. and I still have them. They look, they look good. Yeah, look, interesting, actually. Um, you know, you, you mentioned they bombed a few tries because, as the commentators on TV sort of mention, um, I think uh, Alamalu, I'm, I hope I'm saying his name right, um, has uh, upset some of his teammates because Charlie Natai in that second half uh, also, you know, he's, Alamalu's away and free on the outside and uh, he takes the inside ball, which I believe gets knocked on, sort of... Uh, so there was a few tries that they bombed, but um, going on to the first try that the Hurricanes scored, and that was a cracker. That was an absolute cracker. Yeah. Lamapi yeah. going through the midfield, drawing McKenzie in Retallick and offloading out to Ben Lamb, who then basically bumps off about three to go under the post, or close enough. Yeah. But Ben Lamb, it doesn't look like he can put a foot wrong right now, and even he didn't score any more tries, but I feel, thought he looked like a menace every single time he touches the ball. He, he got like that super confidence going now, and probably his body is hundred percent too. So you feel like, so he feel like he can express himself right now. <laughs> yeah, actually, interesting comment that because um, it it does feel like he can't put a foot wrong. In saying that, I'm just wondering. Uh, I, I I obviously missed the last minute of the game as um, I was rushing over to get the broadcast started, um, and and just as I was leaving, I heard that. The, the one of the commentators mentioning Ben Lamb sort of uh, 
um, not looking too good. So I'm not, I'm not sure whether that was anything serious or not. I didn't go back to it until I stopped watching too. But it was they, they said also from a commentator's box that we thought it could be a hammy. Yeah. Yeah. So. so I, I had a note after he scored the try there. Is that Ben Lamb putting his hand up? If he's pulled a hammy, he might not be. <laughs> look, look. Since we're on the, since we're on Ben Lamb, we'll jump ahead a little bit in the terms of the fact is that obviously, if if it isn't a serious injury, he is putting his hand up. So is Alamalu. Number 11s, they're all competing for a black jersey spot with this guy called Waisaki Naholo. I'm guessing. I'm not sure that they would basically. I'm not sure that they would basically uh, usurp Waisaki Naholo on that left wing at the moment, even as well as they are playing. I mean, a little bit of sidestep, but I think most of you viewers can appreciate it. What does your back three from All Blacks look like now? Oh, look, at this point in time, you won't go past um, Naholo's Ben Smith and uh, Yuani on the back three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's guys putting their hand up. Um, unless injuries come along, um, I think that back three that I mentioned will start. You'll have the opportunity of the uh, the Ben Lambs, you know, uh, Alamalu's possibly off the bench. But as you said, we're digressing and jumping quite a head, far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, um, after Ben Lamb's try, we had the Chiefs basically um, uh, getting a, a, a scrum penalty, um, which was surprising because the first scrum of the game they got smashed in uh, by the Hurricanes. So that, uh, that, and that was the only scrum they got smashed in. But they came back and they won a penalty. And um, as seems to be a new trend that's starting to occur, they took the three points. Yeah, I would. We talked about. Two, I think it's just you see now with New Zealand teams. If there is a South African Australian team who put on a real fight, I guess they will take the points. But I think their general mindset is oh, we back themselves. We're gonna get more points by just lines than we keep it our best. It would be would sorry for that. I mean, it would be stupid of these low scoring games that most derbies are. You're just, just breaking up a bit there, um, so I'm missing a little bit of what you're saying, Herman, but um, I'm getting the gist of what I you're saying. Cannot hear you. Can you hear oh, okay, yeah, just... okay. All right. If you see how low score, how low... Hopefully that's Herman's link and not mine. <laughs> no, that's that's all right. That's it's just like yeah, with the low scores, um, it's the opportunities there. You have got points in front of the posts or close to the posts. It's silly not to take the uh, points on offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You win, you win games by doing it. Yep, yep. And accumulating, you get back down there and getting another, get, getting some more points, and yeah, just basically taking the points on offer. So then we had a massive break in the game because an injury break, and that was with Aiden Ross being injured. And um, I, I'm not sure. I haven't. They didn't show a replay, but I believe it was Angus Tavo who knocks the ball on, and then in the scramble for the ball actually falls on Aiden Ross's leg and appears to have broken it. And and uh, yeah, so it was a big break in the game there. And uh, I think that led to a part of the continuity errors uh, or issues 
in that first half in, half in particular. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was a weird game because it seems like it wasn't like any like malice in it. It was it was hard, but very very fair, but from both sides. Oh, it absolutely. Seemed, it seemed like, but it seemed like a lot of guys even they hurt themselves. Even tackling Mackenzie for some of the guys was hurt. They hurt themselves every single time they tried to tackle him. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, exactly. There it was a it was a very physical game, like like we expect from the New Zealand derbies. Very physical. But as you say, not there was no there was no niggle or not not a not any obvious niggle occurring and and played in a very good spirit. Uh it was just an unfortunate um sort of uh, collapse of bodies where Aiden Ross's leg got trapped under uh, uh, Angus Toavau, and obviously he suffered a pretty serious injury there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's very, very sad. Thing. But speaking about this, I guess we have to give a little bit props to the, the referee. He had a really solid game. It was, yeah, he doesn't nail every call the way you think yourself, but who can do that? I mean, and, <laughs> and all the important ones. And all the no. Important no. One, hold on. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, yeah, Jamie Nutbrown made some very good calls today in the game, and uh, he had a very good game. Um, I, you know, you you wouldn't go back to any point in the game that could say, oh, yeah, the referee affected it, and possibly the flow of the game or a turning point in the game affected by. And in, in fact, um, uh, just since, since we're talking about Jamie Nutbrown's performance, I thought the decision with Bowden Barrett's try um, was a, was an excellent um, decision. Um, I, I personally thought that it was a bit dicey, but I liked the the way that the process went and the fact is that the referee called it, he felt it was an on-field try. There's not enough evidence to overturn his on-field decision and they stuck with the try. Conversely, if he had said no try, there was obviously not enough evidence to say the try had been scored, so it would have been um, no try. I'm comfortable with the way that that ruling was made in the in, in the process that they went through. And uh, I thought all the officials got that uh, call um, 100% right. Oh, I, I agree with you completely here, Ash. I mean, first of all, that many referees miss that. If there is like a suspicious forward pass or something suspicious, but it's clearly try on for one of the teams, you know, let them, let them finish the move because we've seen so many tries been, yeah, that never happened. Because it's so it's so accepted now. You go back and check. You know, if if there's anything wrong, just fine. That's the penalty up there, or is that scrum? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you know. Last week we saw. Uh, I think it was in the Brumbies Rebels game where the referee blew it up, and uh, because he thought it was a knock on, and in the reality it wasn't a knock on, and the uh, Rebels I think would have scored the try. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. We've got the you've got the uh, technology there. It's it's a good opportunity to let the game flow and um, then come back and just review things. Um, just so moving on to so as I mentioned before, after getting smashed in one of the early scrums, the Chiefs scrum really started to pile it on, and uh, they got a scrum penalty um, out in front of the out of the posts and. Um, Damien McKenzie proceeded to miss it, which was a bit of a surprise. It was a relatively easy kick. Um, but I think the surprise, the element of that one was the fact is that after seeing that Chiefs scrum go backwards at a rate of knots in that early scrum, you sort of thought, uh-oh, they're in trouble here. But that was the only occasion that occurred, and that this the, the scrum penalty on this occasion just showed the uh, dominance that they had at scrum time that actually carried on through the game. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that goes also back to what you said in the beginning here, that the Chiefs could have won this game, because if you have that kind of scrum dominance and a lot of other things going for you, you will always win the chance. So they will, I think they'll be like fairly happy with the performance, but I still, I think they will feel very harsh on the bus back home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could have won that game. And, and, and then sort of basically just before halftime, uh, another exquisite uh, Damien McKenzie pass, um, putting, uh, I can't remember who it was that put it in, put him into the break, Fauli it was, that's right. He put Fauli into the break, makes a fantastic break down the, the, um, the left-hand flank again. Right, sir. And um, the Hurricanes offside in the middle of the field and uh, easy three points before half time to take the um, Hurricanes in, into the sheds at 10 6. Just, just a bit I, of a shame. I have nothing. You've got nothing. <laughs> oh, you need to recapture what happened in the end. <laughs> yeah, I think it was it was a it was a bit of a sh I was a bit surprised actually that um, I thought Fauli might have had a bit more speed than what was showing in that break. Actually, uh, he got caught quite easily, and and the movement did break down and lose a bit of momentum. And even with that breakdown and loss of momentum, the Hurricanes still managed to get themselves offside in midfield. Um, as it, and. Um, and then basically that brought down the curtain with a penalty for DMAC um, on a very long half due to the uh, injury break. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and but you, you like some you summing up the half perfect perfectly. I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so after basically, I mean, I think as as both coaches, um, you know, in their halftime conversation or the assistant coaches mentioned, it was really. Um, uh it was really a matter for both sides not taking the opportunities in that first half uh hurricanes and chiefs uh either little mistakes here or there or or just taking the wrong options and um so obviously the focus was coming into that second half was to basically tidy up the decision making and um yeah sort of that scrappy half sort of turned into a pretty good half in the set uh, turned into a a better second half um where we saw some amazing talents of Bowden Barrett coming to the fore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was, in the beginning of the game, I was thinking more like, damn, McKenzie is really growing into it, you know. I mean, he's, he's going to be the next next 10, for, for sure, like he's going to grab a number two ranking for another 10 years this year. And what, maybe, is, is he better than Bowden? And then Bowden chose his man. He's gonna really <laughs> yeah. Plays, plays, 10, plays 10 so different from all the others. I mean, it's really, really different. And that's, yeah, he, that's what we, sorry i mean that's hmm? where a lot of complaints from new zealand comes about him that he's not like the perfect game manager in a tight game but in some space he's a, he's a dream no i i i tend to agree with you on that one is this effect is that he might not come across as the the quintessential number 10 uh the coffee the copy book 10 but um he seems to read the game very well what he plays what's in front of him very well and you know that that um the, 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 probably the best moment of the game was the um, you know his scoop um, yeah, so I mean. that led to that try. But then Brody Retallick, geez, keeping keeping pace with Bowden Barrett, um, who I mean I, I think a lot of us think of as the fastest All Black back, and Brody Retallick keeps pace with him, even with the chip ahead. Um, Brody, Brody Bowden Barrett chips ahead because he sees that Retallick's going to catch him, and um, and, and Retallick basically sort of keeps pace with them, even in the chase, and 
really just gets a bit unlucky, I suppose, with the call. Um, yeah. as, as we talked about before, I felt that he did have a hand in there, uh, but it was definitely a 50-50 scenario and and, and um, the, the tries awarded. But, geez, what a – just that little micro moment in the game was just a fantastic uh, – a, a massive yeah. lock. Yeah, I think it was even more to it that because you could probably claim that Broder Italic and Bodian Barrett are the two best players in the world. Yep. And to see them and see them to have a duel like that, of course. I mean, everyone, oh, you know. <laughs> but but I'm, I, maybe I'm wrong here, you know, but I'm thinking maybe because actually after that round, that one when Brody had like a one or two mistakes before, but it was still good. It was actually after after that round, he started to. Uh, Play, play poor almost. Maybe he burnt himself there because keeping up, <laughs> not about for real, keeping up with Bowden Barrett with that kind of body. You reckon he used up the juice in the tank? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, who wouldn't <laughs> trying to sprint against Bowden Barrett? It's interesting. I think coming back to a point that you made um, quite, a, quite a bit earlier and the fact is that, you know, Brody Retallick probably had one of his poorer games. If you could call that performance from Brody Retallick, a poor game because yeah, he dropped a couple of balls in that, but still a massive engine and a massive effort from him again. Yeah, but we don't use normal scales when we when we call <laughs> Brody's performance. You didn't use Brody scale when we call his performances. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not world class. Oh, he's out of form now. He's not. <laughs> no, that's. Uh, I'm just. Uh, Yeah, just got um, a question, I think, coming through uh, uh, just with the final score. We'll get to the final score at the end. I'll, I'll let you know. Keep you in suspense. 26-13. I know! I just remember it. <laughs> yeah, then um, basically with the, um, the, the second try, um, that the Kane scored in the second half, um, their third try. I, I felt that they um, started to revert back to um, a, a bit more consistent. Well, consistency. I don't know if I used the right phrase, but they held the ball. They started going forward. You know, just um, taking it forward, one off the ruck or two off the ruck, sort of thing. Instead of just basically trying to do the old miracle play, got it wide, stretched the Chiefs' defence, got very close to the try line. And um, and then the Chiefs infringed under advantage. A fantastic cross kick from that man, Bowden Barrett, again. And um, Chiefs unlucky not to get that ball. Bounces into Laomapi's hands, and uh, he's got an easy stroll over and a dive in the corner. Yeah, but I feel like it was Anton Leonard Brown who jumped with him in the air there for that try. Both of them competed for the ball, and it was oh, yep. what, yeah, so. And I'm a little bit disappointed with Leonard Brownberg because his job is not even to catch it. He can be much more destructive, you know, just try to ruin the move, you know. But Rampi, you catch it like both hands over the head, like the most easiest way if you want to take someone out. So I think great, great execution from Bowden Barrett and Luan But I think Leonard Brown has to take some blame there too. Not, not good. To tell you the truth, I actually felt that um, Leonard Brown was possibly a little bit missing in this game. Um, they, they really missed his leadership. Um, I, I think coming back to what you've been referring to, the Chiefs definitely had their chances in this game, and um, there was mistakes made. And, and 
just in that back line, you know, I think you needed someone like Leonard Brown to sort of um, to, to, to sort of like step up a bit to be able to control it and make those right decisions. And I, and, and I thought that uh, he was a bit uh, absent tonight. Agree, agree. I do. I mean, Leonard Brown is interesting. I think we talked about that before also. That his first year with the All Blacks was like a spectacular first year. You like really felt like, oh, he's owning the shirt right away. But last year he got the, co the cold shoulder, and it seems that he's if he's going, it's, it's going to go even further from getting selected now. I wonder if it's if it's confidence that doing him now. Yeah, it's. It, I think that um, uh, All Black midfield is um, it's got a few. It's. I don't think it's a. a a, a, um, and a lay down is there for anybody in, in particular. Um, I think that's it's quite open. Um, obviously, we've got you've got Crotty that's probably no, it will, will, will walk in there. Um, but in terms of who's going to be there with him, um, Sonny Bill Williams being injured, um, Leo Marpi's playing pretty well. You've got Len, uh, uh, Leonard Brown possibly not playing so well. So, yeah, it's a bit open there in that midfield. Yeah, which probably makes it even worse to be because he, he's been inside, he's been tried out, like he got a full year trying out playing center for All Blacks, and then it's nothing more that's really happened after that. That means the coaches probably have made up their mind about him. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. Right, um, and, and then I made a note here, and this is like I, I was a bit wrong, but I said in the 53rd minute, I made a note, and this is like, oh, Chiefs are gone. <laughs> it just looked like. They were going backwards. They um, really didn't have any structure to their play. It was all a bit health, well, just just um, hidden hope type scenario. Um, but they they really sort of came back towards the end of the game. They had their opportunities in that um, last twenty, um, probably just after I wrote that note, <laughs> and um, they just really didn't take take their opportunities. Um, they they I mean, they did score the try to bring them close in that twenty two thirteen, but uh, you know they, they got the try a concerted pressure they got that line out uh, penalty uh, on the line so the kick to the corner they went from sideline to sideline and they came back and uh, Boshier uh, Damien McKenzie uh, fending breaking the Fatty Alofa tackle feeding to the outside and Boshier going over. Um, having the straight run in and diving in at the corner, so um, I mean, they 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 showed signs with I think there was about good fifteen minutes to go that they could get back into the game, but unfortunately, I think thereafter is just the error rate just sort of seemed to actually creep up a bit, if anything. Yeah, but it's probably you know fatty you coming in there too, because even if he was not played with malice, it was a very very high tempo. Uh, you had that long, that long break after twenty minutes, but after that, it was pretty much up tempo all the way in. Yeah, and that's in fact, um, you know, interesting you say that because the Hurricanes coach uh, alluded to that in the halftime break, the assistant, I should say, and the fact that um, they were sort of like they, the Hurricanes just need to keep playing for the eighty because um, they should run them off. The, they were expecting to run over the top of them towards the end of the game, but. Uh, they sort of achieved it, but I think that was from the fatigue from the mistakes of the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to ask you, did you see, like, I, I don't know, after one of the Hurricanes uh, tries, we showed the, the coaching boss and uh, Chris Boyd smiled. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> so somebody, somebody was behind him and tickling him. Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> <laughs> he was not big, you know. 
After the third try, I think it was. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I just um, Andre in the old um, uh, messages coming through. Sort of uh, surprised the Chiefs didn't milk a penalty in the last ten. I, I thought that well, they did in one instance. So they had a um, scrum on the uh, their own twenty-two, and uh, they basically they knew that uh, they had the edge on the Hurricanes in the scrum. They kept it in there, and they basically got the uh, um, scrum penalty to get them out of the half. Uh, so I, I think they did try to use that. Um, the surprising thing for me was there's some there was some kicking towards sort of that last 10 minutes from the Chiefs where I was thinking, you need to score twice. I just don't understand when teams start kicking when they have to score twice. doesn't make any sense to me. I agree completely. And they seem also in two occasions, it seemed like Chiefs was like in a pretty good formation and positioning, like really no Really, really pointless to kick it away there because everyone was ready for the chase and for the catch up. So, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. As you say, when you've got the defenses set, why would you kick the ball down the field? In fact, you're only putting your own team um, in a precarious position yeah. because now your defensive line is all of a sudden a broken line. Um, yeah. If you've just kicked to a set defense, they've got every all their players in place to support the ball carrier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also to be Highland, and also, sorry, the Hurricanes kickers are pretty good, both Barrett brothers, you know, you mean they will not give away too many mistakes to you. No, not at all, not at all. Um, I think there's just uh, another just uh, um, another comment in the old chat coming through on the YouTube, unsure about what to do with DMAC at all black level. Um, he's a bit everything. But, um, I, I, think, I think he'll, I think, you know, coming back to him, he, He's he is definitely now. He's had time in that jersey. He's really starting to position himself as at least a backup to Bowden Barrett. I think we saw enough today, and I think there'll still be progression in his game as he, he spends more time in that number ten jersey. He's going to be a fantastic asset on the All Blacks bench. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think he, for me, he nailed the number twenty-three jersey just because he can cover both Barrett and Ben Smith. That's <clears throat> that's going to be the golden thing that does the trick for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, exactly. When you've got a player on the bench that can cover two positions for you, um, they're a little bit like gold. Yeah, and to be fair, two key positions too. Yeah. Yeah. I just got an, another comment on DMAC coming through. and uh, I, I suppose contradicting or, or, contra or opposite to what we're saying um, in that DMAC seems to lack a bit of composure. I, I actually think... Um, I don't agree with that. I, I think that he has got the composure. There was a moment at the end of the back end of the game that uh, he ran sideways, and I'm thinking you're just setting up your defence to get smashed. But that was only once, and you know, and it was at a desperation time in the game where they're trying to invent something. Um, as we've both alluded to, I think the more time he spends at number ten jersey for the Chiefs, the better he gets as a number ten playmaker. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I think it's like clear. Very clear to see, like maybe not from week to week, but now it's like this was the seventh game so far in Super Rugby, and I think it's just getting better and better. DMAC for every game he plays, and it's, yeah, and it's it's fairly obvious to say that ten is not a new position for him. A lot of a lot of the basics he has gotten because he played there all his life before, I guess. So yeah, absolutely. So, DMAC looked good and set for All Blacks. Starting from a bench, but we'll see about Bowden Barrett or Ben Smith can stay fit. Otherwise, he's going to be in there. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then also just the same person making a comment, um, Geordie's Platinum. Um, actually, you know, I, I think Geordie's another one that's sort of along the um, DMAC lines and the fact that he um, he obviously had a, in the, his injury issues early on in Super Rugby and um, had been coming back from injury. And um, I, I think he's growing more and more into that 15 jersey. Um, I don't think he will uh, displace Ben Smith. Um, ben Smith just on another planet when you see his the way that he performs. He doesn't make wrong decisions, etc. But, you know, to have as a backup someone like Geordie Barrett, I think, is uh, the great position to be in. Oh, decent luxury there. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, I think we've um, covered off everything that um, I had um, to, to okay. notes that I Anything you'd like to add uh, before we sort of... Uh, bit of due to our uh, adoring audience yeah <laughs> uh, of course who was your man of a match interesting you say that um i had that in my head and now it's absolutely gone i was watching the game i was thinking he's oh ben lamb ben lamb is my man of the match ben lamb yeah, no, yep i'm doing the boring show but i gotta give it to Bowden today because yeah he was if it, if it one difference between the two teams it was him yeah that's a fair comment. Interesting, actually, in terms of that Bowden-Barrett um, aspect, we've always uh, considered the Bowden-Barrett-TJ Perinara combination and how well it works together. Um, do you think there was obvious, obviously uh, there was a bit of a um, – the flow wasn't quite there today um, in that uh, inside pairing? Yeah, but, but I thought that was a little bit deceptive. This, now I don't remember his name, but the one who played today. Jamie Booth. Okay, because I feel for his like uh, pattern in movement, his whole, whole style of playing looked like super similar to TJ Perinara. Sometimes I mean, only got like a little bit lighter hair. I got actually tricked <laughs> a few times. I got actually tricked a few times. Uh, is it TJ playing? Very, very similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, and I suppose you could say the same for him. You know, when you've got someone like TJ that's playing week in, week out, you don't get time in the jersey. Um, can make it, you know, it's hard to sort of then step in to the game and, uh, and and to be, you know, to play your best when you haven't been playing rugby for a while. I agree. Okay. Mm. Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a man of the match for you, Bowden Barrett, as well as Andre there in the chat coming through. Um, ben Lamb for me, and um, hopefully he hasn't um, done anything to his hamstring and we get to see more Ben Lamb crashing through players and pinballing them. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> uh, well, that's um, our uh, post-match review for today. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Herman, um, who um, I think you, you, we can get you on Facebook, I believe. Or how, how can people? No, no, nobody. Uh, how can no, people? People, people, people can you. come and watch you on Driving Mall. I, I, that's that's the way they they can find out what uh, Herman's thoughts are. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Totally correct. <laughs> And um, I've been NZ Fatso, um, standing in for uh, Paul at Driving Mall. Um, you can catch me on uh, NZ Fatso on Twitter. Um, and, um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, whatever rugby you're watching this weekend, go out and enjoy it. And um, we'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>